0: Hi, this is the Care to Change podcast. We appreciate you choosing to join us today. You'll be listening to us continue our New Year, New Hope, Same You series, with a discussion between April and our counselor, Jean Crane, on the topic of why we keep going back to old patterns. We hope you find the conversation helpful as we try to offer you practical solutions for positive change.
1: Welcome back everyone. So glad that you've joined us for this series. Um, We've entitled it New Year, New Hope, Same You and our first two podcasts for the year. uh, Brittany kicked us off with how to make fresh starts stick. So what are some specific ways that you can create success in making a fresh start when you feel like the same person. And then last week I was able to share the difference between heart change and mind change and when having a strong will just doesn't produce the kind of change that you want. And this week I'm so glad that Jean Crane is back with us today. I always love having Jean on the podcast. I probably learn as much as those of you out there listening. So Jean, Welcome. Glad you're back with us today. Thank
2: you. I'm excited to be back here.
1: Jean is going to talk with us about why we tend to go back to old patterns in life. That's a difficult topic. But before we get to that, I want to ask you a question. We've been asking just because it's January, sure. um, and and maybe people haven't abandoned their New Year's resolutions yet. Yes. If they haven't set them. But tell me about. Do you have a word of the year or scripture of the year or anything that's kind of setting the tone for your year this year?
2: Yes, I do. Um, We were picking this back in November, I think. We were just trying to think this through, and I was like, well, I know this sounds really basic and a great Christian answer, but honestly, my word of the year is Jesus. And the reason is because if I fix my eyes on Jesus, I think things are going to go a heck of a lot better in 2022. So that's (laughs) why I decided I want that word up all over the place so I can just be really continuing to think about Jesus.
1: How about that? Just going back to the the simplicity of it, right? Uh, Sometimes I think we try to get too complex, just like, hey, why don't we just go back to where we're fixing our thoughts? So maybe that might be the answer to why do we keep going back to old patterns? Because we don't fix our eyes, right?
2: Exactly. So
1: today's topic is on why we tend to keep going back to old patterns. And this is such a good one for this time of the year. And we did this intentionally because it's about this week you know, we, we know that research says, uh, you know, like 80% of people abandon their new year's resolution by February. We're not in February yet, but we're sure getting close. So some people might have said, uh, eh, I'm back to my old patterns mm-hmm. and it makes me so mad. And so we really want to give our listeners some practical, first of all, maybe even some reasons why, and then go into, well, what do we do to really break those patterns? Cause patterns are sure. so hard to break. So What are common patterns that you see um, that people that are listening could probably guess that are really hard to break?
2: Sure. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for giving me this topic because it's just one I've completely nailed in my life. (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah. No, I think this one's really hard. So we can talk about people and we can also talk about me and us. But you think about January and you think about what are some of the things that people come up with for New New Year's resolutions. So I came up with a list of five things I think hmm. people tend to do, at least people that, well, myself and yes. my family and people that come in and talk with me. So here's my list. One is diet. Mm-hmm. So changing how we eat, changing nutrition. And then the second one is exercise, so getting into a new exercise routine. I think it's funny. If you belong to a gym, you know mm-hmm. it's always going to be packed out. It's yes. going to be hard to find spots in your yes. workout class or anything in January. So exercise is one. I also think people want to change old habits, so like quit smoking Or um, some people want to quit drinking or maybe drink less. And then the last one is, I sort of chose a new one, but going to church. Mm. So maybe starting a new habit of getting up and going to church on Sundays.
1: That's really interesting because I asked the same question of Brittany and those were almost identical. She included something about reconnecting with friends or family oh, as a one, one, which, but you know, church—that's that's really a yeah. place to connect. So, yeah. super consistent with yeah. that. So, yeah, I, I think so. If you're listening and you're like, nope, that wa- that wasn't any of mine, text us and on our Caroline and tell us what yours yes, was. Yes, we'd so, like to hear from you. And yeah. these are
2: hard. I mean. I think probably most people have at least picked something off this Mm -hmm. list at some time or another in their life, and these are some of the ones that we tend to struggle with the most, I would say, as humans.
1: Why do you think we struggle so much with breaking patterns and old habits?
2: Well, I think we have some factors working against us that make it extra hard. And so we in the field of mental health have been really blessed because Um, neuroscience has helped us a lot. So the study Mm -hmm. of the brain has really helped us in these past maybe 10-15 years. Mm -hmm. Tons of research on the brain. So before you know we're always like come on just make the change. Just will yourself to do it. Right. And now today I want to talk about two main things in the brain that happen that make it harder. Just not to you know give us an excuse but also to help us understand it a little bit more. So the first one, and I am not a neuroscientist at all, but just from what I've learned and studied, the first one is we have these things called neuropathways in our brain. Mm -hmm. And they are just, it's like a river. You know, you think about river or stream in your backyard or at the park, and these rivers run ruts, and the ruts get deeper and deeper the more the water flows through it. The same goes for pathways. So I thought a good example would be something from my life mm. that is a neuropathway, something that I want to change. So I grew up, my dad was a pastor. I I loved being involved in church a lot. This was back when church was all the time. We had Sunday school. We had yes. big church. We had Sunday night church. We had Wednesday, Wednesday night church. Yes. But Sundays were like a really long day for my dad and our family. And so what I remember is that he would go and he would preach and You know, go back on Sunday night. And then at the end, on Sunday night, we would get home and he would always get out um, a gallon of ice cream and he would have two big scoops of ice cream Mm. at the end of that long day. And so in our whole family, we love ice cream. And so it was like we learned this neural pathway in our brain that if you've had a really long, stressful day, one great way to reward (laughs) yourself for that stressful day is eating ice cream. And so my brain learned that and I love ice cream to this day and my whole family does. And so that neural pathway just when every single Sunday or also on various occasions when there was something stressful, we would sometimes have ice cream. Yes. So few things about neuropathways, whatever yours are, they could be totally different from that. But whatever it is, it can be good. It can Mm -hmm. be not moral or immoral. And it can maybe be something really hard and really not great in your life. But whatever it is that those neuropathways are running, they just run a rut. And especially at a few different stages of life. The first one is when you're zero to five. This is really hard because you can't really help what's happening in your life when you're zero or one, two, three, you know, all of those ages. But what you learn from your family, like I kind of learned from my family at those ages, is kind of deeply embedded into your brain. It's written into the the DNA of your brain. And then also they found that during puberty, so 12, Mm -hmm. 13, 14, 15, those ages, whatever is happening is really deeply embedded too. And then obviously we kind of know that up until about age 25, the brain's still being wired. Mm -hmm. So especially during these stages and up until 25, the habits that you start early Mm -hmm. are embedded. So I think that's really important for parents who are raising kids, just Mm -hmm. thinking about what kind of you know patterns or habits, are you helping your kids learn? And also for young people, if they're thinking like, all right, so what do I want to start doing now that's good for my future because it's going to help me? The longer that pathway runs, the deeper the rut. And we as humans, we're just we're hardwired to go on the path of least resistance, just like water does in a river. So if you think about it, if you're rerouting a stream, we have like this little stream that comes down if we have too much rain in our backyard. And it can flow straight into what we call the woodshed, like underneath the woodshed, it can kind of cause water damage in there. So we had to reroute that stream. Mm. Well, it actually takes a lot of work to do that. Yes. There's a lot of digging to get it to move into another way. So you're you're trying to move the pathway to an, into something else. You're going to have to dig and dig. And then sometimes just a little bit of the stream starts to go. Finally, when you've dug long enough and hard enough, the stream can be rerouted. Now, unfortunately, that's yep. the same way as our brain. The longer we do something, the more I eat ice cream after a stressful day, mm-hmm. the deeper that rut goes. And the thing is, a lot of this stuff happens unconsciously. So I don't even know that I'm actually, I don't even think I'm going to the freezer to get myself ice cream because today was a very stressful day and I'm really, you know, tired, exhausted and stressed. It just kind of walks there and I just kind of go through the motions almost like it's a zombie. It's a weird effect. Right. But because it's just unconscious. And so it's important to think when we're talking about why we go fall into old habits that sometimes we're not even conscious of the way that we're doing things until we bring it to the surface right. and think about it. And then we get to do yes. the hard work of yes. rerouting the neuropathway yes. to something that maybe might be a better way. So for me in that instance, is eating ice cream the best way for me to deal with stress? Probably not. It would probably be better for me to do something relaxing mm-hmm. than help my body in that moment. So that's the first main area that's fighting against us. The second one is a chemical called dopamine. Mm -hmm. And so maybe some of you guys have heard of this. This is that, this feel good chemical that gets dumped into our brain when we do something that feels good. So ice cream to me feels good because it tastes good. And because I get a little tiny bit of serotonin which is like an antidepressant into my brain at the same time. So that dopamine drop Is like, yes. And so the minute ice cream even becomes a thought, dopamine's already happening in my brain. It's Mm -hmm. kind of causing me to crave it and think, I need to get that. That's going to make me feel better. So both of those things kind of working against me if I'm trying to change the pattern of stress release from ice cream to something that actually would work.
1: Yeah, that's so, so good. And it it kind of takes the shame away from I'm just a bad person and that's why I can't change it. There's an actual biological component to the reason why habits are difficult to break. And I love your analogy. It's a perfect analogy to use with the river. So what if I wanted to make change, the listeners say, okay, now I understand. Um, I need to bring my brain, uh, you know, along with me. What are some things I can do to break old patterns?
2: Yeah, so I think it's important we kind of you hear things thrown around all the time about like how long does it take to break a mm-hmm. habit. And I don't know that there's an exact amount of time. I think it ranges anywhere from 3 weeks to right. 3 months to who knows how long, a couple of years even sometimes mm-hmm. on some of the harder to break habits. And I know Brittany was talking about these things when mm-hmm. she was talking about how to make habits stick, so I'm so glad that she was kind of sharing some important things. I think when you are looking at a habit in your life that you want to change, it's important to think about a couple factors. One, it depends on how long you've had that habit. So for me with ice cream, I've had it for a really long time because we did it when I was growing up. And so the ability to break that or how long it takes to break that might depend on how long I've had it. It also Depends on what need that habit fulfills in my life. Is this a social need? Partially, this could be a social need. You know, our family would sit down and have ice cream together. Is it a physical need? Well, maybe my body is tired and this shot of energy because it's sugar and the blood sugar thing would help me feel less tired in that moment because it's been a long day and it's definitely meeting an emotional need because I'm stressed and so, oh, I can get that dopamine hit. I can get that serotonin, that chemicals in my brain that make me feel emotionally better for the moment." So those are kind of a couple of factors when it comes to how to break the habit, I think it's important to look at. Because if it's been a longer term habit, if that river is running deeper, that rut is running deeper, it could be harder to break it. And also if it's meeting some of these other needs, you need to look at, and I think you talked about this last time, what is the why behind this need being met or this habit that I want to break? What is it meeting? And how can I figure out how to meet it in a better way?
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely.
2: So, yeah, I mean, I think we're naturally pain avoidant in Mm -hmm. our lives. We Mm -hmm. naturally want to go the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. So then we think about this. I mean, I don't even know if most people feel this way. I know I do. In January, sometimes I feel a little bit depressed, like, oh, back to the routine. Christmas is over. All the fun, the joy, gift giving parties, great food, all of these things. And it's January. It's like, oh, depressing, I have to go back to, like, making good choices and, yeah. you know, follow through on all of my New Year's resolutions or if I have any... And so even kind of that dread or depression of like ugh, mm-hmm. getting back into routine, making these good choices, it's like digging out the stream. Do I really want to go to mm-hmm. the hard work of digging? But here's the beauty of this whole thing is that when you go through that hard work, and maybe some of you guys can relate. I know for me, I've done this multiple times in my life. For me, honestly, nutrition is one of the biggest, hardest problems and ruts for me to break. And so, but when I do it, if I say I am all in and I'm going to do it and I take the time to reroute it, it really actually does feel better and after the period of time, maybe it's a couple weeks, maybe it's a month or so, I actually start feeling the benefit of Mm. the rerouting. Mm -hmm. So if I choose to eat stuff that fuels my body instead of stuff that just only tastes good, Mm -hmm. at first I'm like, ugh, look at the choices, I can't believe I have to choose this again or... Instead of ice cream, you know, putting something in that actually has nutritional value. That's not what I really feel like. But then the next day I don't wake up feeling worse. My Mm -hmm. blood sugar doesn't drop. I don't feel this need to keep having ice cream because I've been doing it, doing it, doing it. I've started this new routine and it actually starts to pay off. But you don't always get the payoff for a little while. And that's why most people end up quitting right. in January is because it does take a few weeks mm-hmm. to start this new habit and to get the payoff for that new habit.
1: Right. It's and almost I, like you're right when you say, oh, look, a little bit of the water is now moving away from the shed. Like, oh, OK, the work is starting to pay off.
2: Yes, finally. Yeah. yeah. But all that digging before it even started is hard work. Right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And so I think one thing that's important for us to consider when we're trying to break habits is how do I, two things, how do I set myself up for success? And secondly, how do I plan for a relapse? Mm. Because just like, you know, in I love the model of Alcoholics Anonymous because they mm-hmm. come up with so many good yep. things for us. And one of the things is that sometimes relapse happens. So for me, if I'm really trying to work on better nutrition This is what sometimes happens to me. Then like say I go somewhere and it's a lunch and at lunch there was this great dessert and I ended up having the dessert even though that wasn't the best choice in that moment. Well, then I say to myself, you know what? Forget this whole day. I've already messed it up. I might as well just like totally go off the rails the whole rest of the day. Uh And it's really dumb actually when you think about it. But in the middle of that moment, it feels so real. Right. So I relapse, whatever. This whole day shot, I might as well just give up. Versus Mm -hmm. saying when I relapse, what am I going to do? How am I going to utilize some of those tools that Brittany talked about? I'm sure like connecting with a person, finding someone else, like just even texting a friend and saying like, Hey, you know, she maybe I have a friend who we talk a lot about nutrition because we both struggle with this. So it's a really nice thing because it's a relationship we can be vulnerable with each other in. Mm-hmm. But we know that we could text each other in that moment and say, can you pray for me right now? I feel like giving up for the rest of the day. But it's just one thing. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world. Yes. And I can get back on it and have a good dinner and finish strong today. And it, it didn't have to ruin my whole entire day. But if I'm trying to go it alone mm-hmm. or I'm thinking in that kind of black and white way, like it's either a a, a perfect day or it's a fail day and I relapse so I might as well just let myself fail the rest of the day then I sabotage myself and then the next day it's just a little bit harder mm-hmm. to get back on it so yes. I think planning for relapse by you know having an accountability partner talking to someone else having your plan like all right so if I do this how am I going to talk myself yes. off the rails yes. and make sure that it's not a fail for the rest of the day or just to give up on it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I know Brittany talked about this and I did too in the last two weeks, just offering yourself grace, knowing that, you know what, we are human. So we're not going to set out to go do something or change a pattern and not expect some sort of a fallback, you know? And so when it happens to be able to say that's the beauty of
2: grace. Yes, for sure. And the second thing I was going to say, it kind of goes along with this is that also the setup and you both have talked about this too. What is the setup for helping us To continue to stick on the new plans that we have for January and so um, self-care is really important Mm -hmm. and I'm sure Brittany and you both address this but you know on those days when I'm especially tired Mm -hmm. or especially stressed or I'm feeling down because the dread of so much to do or something hard I just heard the news those are setups emotionally Mm -hmm. to get off track. That's right. And so it's really important to be doing that good work of self-care and reflection on emotionally mm-hmm. what is happening inside of me checking in with myself validating mm-hmm. emotions recognizing I have feelings I'm human it's okay to have these feelings right and I care about those feelings but then I want to meet the needs of those feelings in the right, right kinds of way instead of you know going into my old patterns and so when you bring those feelings to the surface and you validate them and you say all right I'm really tired, what do I need to do? This happens for me with the ice cream thing, right? The Mm -hmm. sugar thing, which is my thing. At night, this is more the problem for me. And so my habit and routine needs to change at night night, because I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And my brain tells my body go eat ice cream because that's going to give you energy when really I just need to go to bed. Right. And get actual sleep that my body actually needs. And I'll feel so much better the next day and I'll have handled the emotional need that I had in the right kind of way. So setting yourself up to understand the emotions you're having and also taking good care of yourself in all kinds of different ways. Sleep. Mm -hmm. friendships, your faith, your time with God, all of those things that are important to help you.
1: I'm hearing finding out what emotional need is met by that pattern that needs to be changed and finding a healthy way to meet that need, knowing when that need might arise, doing a heart check and finding the alternative. So that's, that's really good. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Um, And we say that a lot about parenting, the behavior that kids display is really showing you that there's some need that needs met. Why would we as adults be any different? Yes. Right.
2: Most of the habits that we have as adults are really self-soothing habits. They're Mm -hmm. coping skills to make us, you know, what we think is going to make us feel happier. The only problem is that when they're deeply rooted, sometimes we're not realizing they're not actually making us happier. So if I eat ice cream every single night as a way to cope with stress, in the end, that doesn't do my body very much good. And so it's not really making me happier, even though it feels like it is in that moment. In the long run, it's not. So a lot of times as adults, we can say, I want to change this pattern. I want to change this behavior and I'll diet, exercise, um, I don't want to use smoking as a way for me to relax. I don't want to use right. drinking as a way for me to go to sleep at night. These different things we we want to change. For some reason, we kind of know, like, maybe this isn't a good thing, but maybe we don't know the emotion that it's right. actually meeting. And when we bring that to the surface and we say, how can I meet that emotion in a better way? It can really help us. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Do you have any specific resources that you would recommend for people to, sort of dive into this breaking of old patterns a little bit better?
2: Well, I have a book that I really like. Actually, this author, Dr. Kurt Thompson, is one of my favorites. He really helps with understanding the brain a little bit better. Mm -hmm. He does the best job, in my opinion, of looking at neuroscience. He's an MD, but also bringing faith into it Mm -hmm. and so kurt thompson and the book that i really like is called the anatomy of the soul and i know it sounds like it doesn't really have anything to do with breaking patterns right but it really has to do with understanding ourselves Mm -hmm. better Mm -hmm. which i think lies at the core so we can change things behaviorally which we all do for the first couple weeks in january yes but like you talked about last week unless we get to the core underneath it the motivations the why understanding ourselves better then it probably won't be a lasting change and so he talks a lot about understanding ourselves better our brain better Mm -hmm. why we do the things we do so I think it's a great read I actually had my husband read it he's not in the field of psychology and I said do you like this book what do you think and he really likes it and I I said is it understandable like is it just me because I'm in psychology right no he really liked it so I recommend that is just like a, a way to understand ourselves better and then the body keeps the score is a wonderful book Bessel van der Kolk. It's kind yes. of an interesting name. Um, he's also a doctor talking about how our bodies remember. Mm-hmm. So if there is trauma in your life that is also you know, causing these habits that are hard to break to be that much harder. He brings a lot out about our bodies and how um, our bodies remember the things that have been Mm -hmm. hard that have happened to us. So I like both of those books and just a kind of a general sense of understanding ourselves better. And I'm sure the first week and second week, there are a lot of probably specific resources like the SMART goals Mm -hmm, that Brittany mm -hmm. talked about. To me, that's imperative. If we don't make our goals specific, measurable in those kinds of ways. Like if I just say, I just want to eat less ice cream. Right. Well, that's not going to happen. Yeah.
1: yeah. So good. And those are both super great books. We'll put the links to those in our our show notes too. Jean, thank you as always for coming. And um, I love the analogies that you brought today and really the why. And it just sort of removes that guilt, you know, that shame and saying, okay, I need to address this from a different standpoint and just that humanness of saying we all have habits that we want to break some might be more destructive than others but we all have them right yes Yes. and to really look at those needs behind them so thank you so much for joining us yes and for those listeners next week i'm really excited about our guest seth baker is going to talk about a habit that we as believers sometimes struggle with and that's about the bible and reading the Bible and what happens when the Bible doesn't feel exciting to us. And so when we're talking about a new year, um, but the same old us, uh, we can't talk about how to make change without bringing in really what the scripture tells us about change. And so, um, make sure you tune in next week. And if there's anything we can do for you, if you have a habit that has proven to be destructive in relationships and in your connection and, and even with yourself and you're like, I just really feel stuck In this habit and I don't know what the core is and I can't figure out what that need is that's really a big reason why we're here is to offer you that kind of assistance and to walk that journey with you so I want to encourage you if that's you if you're saying I hear it I know it it makes sense but I just don't know what to do next so please call us and let us walk that journey with you so thanks Jean and thank you to the listeners until we meet again
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Care to Change podcast, where we offer you practical solutions for positive change. We invite you to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube, to hear more about our conversation topics. Check out the show notes below to see resources mentioned in this episode. If you have any questions or would like additional information, please reach out to us on our Care line at 317. 317- 979 or email us at help at care 2 We thank you again and hope you will join us for more of our podcast conversations.